are back. Hello and welcome to Estradial Illusions. We have taken a, I think it's an eight-week hiatus, but uh, thank you to everybody for all your well wishes. Uh, the surgeries went well. That'll be the subject of uh, not next episode and probably not for a couple uh, couple more. want to uh, get back to regular programming before we uh, dive back into uh, all of that stuff, but I'm very excited to bring the show back with... Uh, one of the most exciting uh, guests that we've had, and uh, I, I know that my uh, uh, everybody who loves Thanksgiving will be very excited. I know my parents were absolutely thrilled when I told them who was coming on. We have the legendary David Fry here to talk all about the National Dog Show, which has really uh, integrated itself into uh, so many Americans' uh, Thanksgivings around the country. It's really, uh, it's really beautiful, and thank you so much, David, for being here. Ian, thank you for having me. It's always an exciting time of year for us, and I'm happy to share that excitement with everybody. Well, I know we we were just talking about it uh, right before we started, but um, November is really the uh, Super Bowl for the uh, for national dog shows across the country because your show gets uh, 20 million viewers, which is really just an astronomical number. In uh, I, I do a lot of work with. Um, uh, streaming services and reviewing show they're popping up seemingly every day and all you hear it constantly oh broadcast broadcast is going away going away but your show just continues to do these such, such uh really really great numbers it's so uh so exciting to see that is pretty amazing i well, this is our 18th year and we've gone up in our viewership i think we had one step back somewhere along the way something to do with scheduling but Basically, we've gone up every year for 18 years. I don't think there's very many shows on television that can say that, can brag of that. And John O'Hurley and I are very proud of that. And you've been um, you've been affiliated with the uh, National Dog Show for for quite a while. You've been a part of it for uh, every uh, Thanksgiving broadcast since it started in uh, 2002. That's correct. That's right. It, it's um, it's a great part of my of my year as well. And and I think it's fun. To be, to be able to point to something every year and say, here's our Super Bowl, I think we want to get to the point where the Super Bowl says we're the national dog show of football instead of us saying we're the Super Bowl of dog shows. Uh, I, th- I think that's great also. Just if you think about how um, football is, has been so uh, closely affiliated with uh, Thanksgiving, you know, it's nice to be able to put on a game, but football starts in September and it ends in uh, February. So there's not really that same uh, uh, connection. I think sort of natural connection that the national dog show would have, which is, Hey, this is our day when uh, we get all our, our our huge super fans. But as you can, as you've probably seen uh, over the course of your career has, has the, um, has the success of the National Dog Show led to uh, an increased exposure for uh, the uh, competitions in general? Absolutely. And in fact, we've even added the Beverly Hills Dog Show uh, in, in April to, our, uh, to the mix. And, and we're doing that for the fourth year this year. And uh, we think there's uh, the, the American public, people love their dogs. And they can watch them in dog shows. And I always tell them, you know, that the dogs that you're looking at in the dog show, they may be a little bit, quote, dressed up, and maybe they have a little bit better grooming than your dog might have on a daily basis at home. But nonetheless, they're real dogs. They're just like your dogs at home. They sleep on our couch and steal food off our counters and shed on our dark clothes and maybe even drink out of a toilet once in a while. But they're, they are real dogs. They're just out there being shown at the same time. And the, the, the nature of the National Dog Show as a... Uh benched uh competition which i have read uh the definition of that about a hundred times i know that it means that the dogs are uh fully accessible throughout the course of the show and not just for their designated uh designated times that they're being presented is is that a it was actually one of my questions was do you have a more more concise nature of uh or concise definition of what a, a bench dog show means because uh I, i've asked a lot of people and they've stumbled on it. And I figured if there's somebody to ask, it would actually be you. Well, that's good. That's why I'm here. The, um, the concept of a benched dog show just means that the dogs are on benches in a very specific area that you can walk around and see the signs. It says 
golden retrievers, this row. So all the golden retrievers basically are there for you to walk through. If you have a golden retriever at home, you want to learn a little bit more about goldens, you can talk to all these people that, that own or handle or who have bred these dogs. But you also get the opportunity to look at dogs. Maybe you're interested in finding adding a dog to your family or to your life. And you can walk these benched areas and see these dogs. They're not there when they're in competition in the ring, but the rest of the time they are required to be there. There's only three bench dog shows left in this country nowadays. They used to all be bench shows, but what what that it takes away is somebody can't just roll in and run in the ring at 10 o'clock and be done with their competition and leave. They've got to stay, and that gives the spectator a chance to look at, uh, geez, this year we have 196 out of 205 recognized breeds and varieties are entered at our show. So it's going to be fun for people to see uh, everything we got. I'm so glad you brought up golden retrievers because uh, my family are uh, huge, uh, huge golden retriever fans. Every year we are, we're just waiting for a golden retriever to win uh, best in show. And we think, uh, we think our golden retriever is uh, it, it, it's interesting. I think about the, the bench nature of the competition and I, I you know, because your show airs on Thanksgiving, I, I've been thinking a lot in uh, relation to football of just just how hard that must be for the dog. Because if you think about a football player, like, uh, you know, while the defense is on, if the quarterback's sitting there uh, and they spill their Gatorade and the referee were to, you know, blow the whistle and dock the team because he spilled it. I mean, it's really it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. It really is a lot of pressure. And, and golden retrievers are made for benched dog shows and vice versa, because they love their people. They're the greatest. We, I mean, who doesn't love a golden retriever? And 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 congratulations to your family, and I hope they have a great time watching the Goldens, uh, the golden retriever in our show. But I also hope that uh, they're looking at all the other dogs as well and saying, hey, isn't that dog cute or isn't that dog funny looking? And I say that in quotes. I don't want to get in trouble with it. <laughs> But um, but that's what the dog shows are all about, is that um, I talk about, you know, being the alma mater factor, that if, if you have a golden retriever at home, you're going to root for the golden retriever on our show. And if not, if that doesn't work for you, um, the golden retriever doesn't get through to the level that you want it to, then maybe you can find another dog to, to root for and, and maybe just have some fun uh, hearing about the things we try to tell you what these these breeds were actually created to do. They all originally had a job. We don't get to do those jobs too much anymore because of things like the industrial revolution. But you know, we bred terriers to get rats and things. But we've got we've got exterminators now to take care of that in our home. We don't. We uh, have so many sporting dogs and hounds that help us originally bring home uh, bring home food for the family. Well. These Amazon delivers groceries to your home now. So these dogs have moved from our from our farms and from our barns and from our garages and our backyards into our living rooms. And and I, my dogs spend a lot of time in the kitchen, quite frankly. But um, but that's we hope part of what shapes their personalities and their temperaments and their physical structure and nature um, is is comes from what they were bred to do. So that's what the judge is judging them on, and that's what we hope to educate you about. I'm glad you you brought that up because uh, when when we first got my dog, I was in uh, I was uh, in high school and I was walking her and we'd let her off the leash at a, a local middle school and she'd have a chance to run around. But she we we knew that uh, we knew that she had uh, there had been hunting dogs. I think her father was a hunting dog and she sees this squirrel and she goes on point and I'm looking at it like oh she knows exactly what to do. It's it's fascinating <laughs> what kind of uh, just, just memory, the sort of instinctiveness uh, comes to these dogs, which I, I imagine is is part of why uh, the dogs that win best in show uh, become so valuable uh, for their their puppies later on. Well, they still retain that. Uh, they still retain that inherently the the ability and the things to the to doing the things that they were bred to do. My dog, one of my dogs, is a Brittany. They are a pointing bird dog. Well, she grew up in a high rise in Manhattan, so her definition of a game bird is a pigeon. But walking down the sidewalk, she would stop and point every pigeon she came across. And we were very entertaining to everybody in this, on the sidewalks of New York. And it was kind of fun to see that the dog still had that temperament and that ability to do those things that they were bred to do in case the day ever comes back. 
yeah, it, it's just it's it's remarkable uh, what what they retain. And uh, I guess I guess when you're when you're seeing the dog and uh, it, there's a natural sense of when you're sitting watching the show, uh, seeing them on the bench, especially if you're rooting for them, because uh, that that, oh, I don't I don't want them to uh, make a mistake. But in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of what they're they they like that it's their job it gives them purpose there's a lot of dogs that are that are like that and they get bored if they're not uh, able to run or do the things that they were bred to do that's true but you know most dogs really just they want to be with their people and uh-huh. I, I remember doing a, you know I did the Westminster dog show for almost 30 years on television and and one time my partner said to me as we had a great shot of a dog's face on camera I said I think it was Mary Carrillo who said, uh, geez, look at that look. What do you think that dog's thinking? Don't you wish they could talk? I said, no, nah, I don't want them to talk for a <laughs> lot of reasons. But but I know what they would say anyway. I, my dogs would say, me too, me too, because they always want to go with me, be with me, do whatever I'm doing. And I think everybody gets that same joy out of their dogs of of being able to share their life with them. Have you found in your experience that I know sometimes when the you when you see the people and they're all dressed up and it looks so formal and it looks so serious but ha, ha, have you have you seen a pattern where the people who really look like they have this strong connection with the dog like they're out there and they're having fun do those kind of uh relationships tend to produce uh more successful results than the more uh stoic uh people who you look like they're just sort of uh uh really ner- nervous that something bad might just be uh, lurking around the corner? Well, there's a couple of ways to answer that question. Number one is when they're in the ring, uh, I always say the best handlers are invisible, that that you don't Uh. notice them doing their work, and the dog pretty much puts on the show themselves. Um, At the same time, the dogs, most show dogs have a pretty good understanding of when that show lead goes around their neck, um, that they're there to be shown and to act a certain way, and when it's over, we'll celebrate together. Um, You know, it's not like, not like a football it's not like a wide receiver scoring a touchdown and then doing some dance or posing for some picture like they're doing nowadays our dogs and our celebrations are spontaneous and we have a lot of fun doing that so i think there's both ends of it because these are family dogs and and the the two minutes that you see them in the ring um is just that is just that and the dogs know that they're there to be shown and know that it's business time and then they come back out now we're going to have fun. Now, where's that treat you promised me in the yeah, ring? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I with uh, with our golden that we had bef- uh, before the one we have now, Georgie, um, our previous uh, golden, if she'd sit or if she'd give a uh, paw or something, she'd just kind of be looking. Actually, she'd really just kind of turn her head exactly where she knew the treats were, <laughs> and she'd be waiting waiting for it. So I, I see exactly what you mean, and it's it's. I guess it adds a, a, a layer of uh, enjoyment to the. Uh, journey that they go on because they know that they're they're there to do a specific job i know i guess when we're watching the uh well one of the i, I imagine you probably hear this a lot from uh, all the viewers is uh you sit there with your dog and a lot of times they'll be looking at the tv and you wonder gee how much are they picking up on this and then i guess some of that would translate to the dogs in there and i guess with uh all the people that make it into the national dog show they would uh definitely be aware of what they're there to do but uh I, I guess it's just such an interesting dynamic to watch this competition where you're constantly wondering how uh how sort of self-aware the actual participants are it really is is fun you uh, the number of pictures and videos that i get from people at home watching our show with with their dog and the dog most dogs and i'm not sure that every dog can see and and, and comprehend the television but most of them can, and they'll look at a dog on screen and they'll bark at it, or they'll run around behind the TV and try to see where that dog is. And uh, so I think they have a certain amount of enjoyment too, but I also think the fun is sitting there with your dog and saying, you know, that dog's your cousin. So look, it's the same color as you. It's the same, it's the same size as you, and it's the same breed as you. And it could be sitting here at our Thanksgiving table with us one of these days. Huh. Yeah, I uh, there was just this past uh, past week there was a cat, a black cat that ran across the field. That I think it was a Giants game, but I know it was football. And somebody took a video of their own three black cats just going crazy while that was playing across I the screen. That. I saw yeah. the cat on screen, and I saw the th- I saw the video with the three black cats jumping up and looking at it. That really was pretty funny. 
But that's what we say. The dog shows for the whole family, even your cats. Bring them along. It also, I mean, so my family, with our tradition, we would go to, um, we go to uh, this uh, place, University Club in uh, New York and have uh, lunch. And then we get back and uh, thankfully with, uh, in the era of DVRs, a lot of time the show's uh, started and we get to sit down and uh, uh, enjoy the show. But um, with with that in mind, it it really is a a great way to incorporate your pets into uh, the festivities because... uh, if you're not around, if you're not around for uh, part of Thanksgiving, you know, you're always thinking, gee, you know, you don't want, well, nobody wants to be left alone for the holiday, but you especially don't want to leave your loved one, uh, leave your pet pet behind. So they do get to, they do get to be a part of that. Well, it's a great family holiday in so many ways. And families today include their pets, they include their dogs and their cats and a few other animals. But um, I think if we're sharing the joy of having three or four generations of family together, for the great Thanksgiving Day holiday and all the traditions that go with that, um, why not include your pet? Why not find a show to watch that ever, that appeals to everyone? I grew up in a football family. I, I, I mentioned my father was a football coach at the University of Oregon for a lot of years, and uh, and we never thought of Thanksgiving as anything other than a football day. And now it's a lot of years later, but now. Um, we are talking about uh, dogs until two. We encourage everybody. The shows are <laughs> from noon to two in all time zones, and we encourage everybody at home to hang on to that remote and don't let the football people get it and hang on to it until two o'clock. And then you can turn it over and everybody can watch football for the rest of the day and into the night. But um, this is a great family holiday that everybody can be a part of. Dog, that's such a great slogan too, because football. I mean, I I personally love football. Uh, my partner loves football, but I know plenty of people who sort of groan, "Oh, turn it off." I mean, baseball is my all-time favorite. It's actually it's funny you mention uh, University of Oregon. We just uh, were at uh, last Saturday's uh, clobbering. The Ducks came to town and uh, really uh, embarrassed uh, USC in the Coliseum to the point where I was actually sort of feeling bad for uh, Traveler, the USC their horse mascot. I thought that he should be allowed to come celebrate the Ducks touchdowns. There are so many that I uh, imagine he must have been getting a little bored. <laughs> it was yes, I watched that game by the way, and and uh, I think that's our animals are such a great place for us. You know, I don't know how many how many universities have dogs as mascots. You know how many of them have bulldogs as mascots or the terriers in Boston, and um, you see the uh, is it a black and tan coon? It's some kind of a it's it's a red bone coonhound. I think the Tennessee uses as their mascot. But there's dogs everywhere, and that's just indicative of of uh, how we think of our animals in our life. So I, I I'm really uh, in leading up to to this interview. I was thinking just a lot about because I I really love the idea that um, America has been able to uh, create new traditions because we have. Uh, I, I thought about it a lot uh, last week with Halloween. You have the great pumpkin charlie brown which airs every year and it's so remarkable that it was remarkable also how well that holds up uh, over all the decades and tradition is something that's is people think of as sort of uh old-fashioned or or just been around as long as time uh and yet with the national dog show uh you and john o'hurley have been able to to craft something that's a that's a new tradition that people like me who can remember thanksgiving uh, before 2002, can now uh, celebrate and look back and say, gee, my family's been watching this for really as long as I can remember, and isn't that sweet, rather than, you know, a tradition that you were you were born into. This is one that you've really managed to create, and I think that's just so remarkable. Well, it is fun, because then you can gather around and say, oh, do you remember when the the Pointer won Best in Show about eight years ago, or the Poodle? Talk, let's talk about the Poodle and the Poodle Call. Remember that? Mom and Dad, remember how we talked about that that uh, that fun-looking dog and winning the dog show? And um, we all have our great memories through the years from great dog shows. Like you talk about um, Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Um, who you know, Snoopy the, the Beagle is a huge part of the Charlie Brown empire. Oh, yes. And uh, a few years ago at Westminster, um, the Beagle won Best in Show. Uno. Actually became sort of my. I was his foster father. He lived with me half the year. We had so much PR for him to do, and we went everywhere, including to the Charlie Brown Museum in uh, in San Rafael, California. And and um, 
just the joy that these dogs bring to people um, and, and the great entrees they give to you. Uh, you know, people come up to you, come up to me all the time and they'll, they'll go right to my dogs. Oh, Grace, how are you doing? Hi, Angel, how are you? And they'll look up at me like as an afterthought. How you doing? And I'm just, you know, standing there. <laughs> we laugh. We say we wouldn't know anybody in New York if we didn't have dogs. But because we know everybody in our neighborhood because of the dogs and because of their dogs. So um, once again, the dogs are providing this great entree for us through things like the dog show, through things like the jobs we're getting them to do now. Um, for example, as therapy dogs or reading so much about them as service dogs and emotional support dogs that um, they have a they have a place in our life. And I, I feel like, you know, one of the things you see in the media all the time is how, oh, the the, the di digital age is making it harder for us. You know, nobody knows their neighbors. Nobody knows that. There's nothing really greater than walking your dog and having some just stranger stop you and say, hey, can I uh, can I can I pet you? Uh, can I pet your dog? Because, uh, you know, naturally, a golden retriever is going to think that's like the, the greatest thing in the world. Uh, did did Uno really? uh in, enjoy the the added spotlight that uh that came through all, yeah, all he, of his he was he was all that he knew that it was about him you know a lot of dogs come running up to you and they because they want to get into your world uno just sort of almost like a cat in a certain sense it says he knows it's his world and you're welcome to come in at any time but um but he's he was great about that and and as are most of these dogs i think we all we did a lot of traveling. We do a lot of traveling with with some of these dogs from the dog shows, and and when they walk into a green room, for example, to be on the Today Show, the, the day stops. Everybody comes running down from the office to meet the, the, the dog, and there'll be some big star sitting over there in the green room, and nobody's paying any attention to them, but they all come down and want a piece of of the dog that's there. And we've done that with uh, with a number of our dogs through the years that uh, have been our big winners. So. Um, never, never stops being fun. And the stars get into it too. You find out I had a nice conversation with Kevin Costner when we were on, um, on a show once together, together at the same, same night. And, and he started telling me about his, I told him I had a Brittany and he said he had a Brittany too. And it, it, uh, it was a dog that had gotten killed in an accident. And so he started telling me about his Brittany and started tearing up. And it was, you know, great common ground for everybody is our dogs. Well, I, that's so great to hear. And I think that the, the National Dog Show also really uh, carries so much appeal for uh, people who have that have had either that kind of situation or uh, they've had a lot of different breeds of dogs. There's so many. And it's it, 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 the sight of um, even uh, I live on the West Coast now uh, away away from my uh, childhood dog. And I whenever I see a golden, I just naturally smile because I think of her and there's that warm, uh, warm, fuzzy feeling that has really got to translate on the TV, I would imagine. Well, we think it does. And that's part of, uh, I know that people are sitting at home saying, Hey dad, Hey mom, look at this. And that looks just like our dog or it looks just like our neighbor's dog, or look at this cute little thing this dog's doing in the ring and how much fun they're having with their handler. And, and, um, and look how pretty they look. Uh, we, our dog doesn't have coat like that. <laughs> well, you know what, with these dogs, you get plenty of coat care and they get the, probably better hair products than any of the people do. And, and, uh, and so it's fun. We, like I said before, we just sort of dress them up a little bit for the dog show, but, but under that coat, they are a real dog and, and members of the family and, and having a great time with their people. So I've seen a lot of uh, videos of the dogs being groomed backstage. And it's funny because my dog loves to be a uh, pet behind the ears, but she hates, uh, she really is not a not a fan of baths, and I just uh, I'm always fascinated to see these dogs. And they say, oh, grooming, especially for some of the poodles, can take uh, up to three hours, and they have to have uh, uh, all these uh, hair routines that I don't think I could sit through. And I uh, really just sit sit in awe that these these dogs are that patient. It's it's really it's it's remarkable. I think some of the sometimes people find the the backstage stuff as fun as what's going on uh, on the floor. It's 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 really. Uh, NBC has done a really great job with the broadcast. Well, that's what Mary Carrillo does backstage is talks to the people back there. She, and, uh, shows some of the things that are going on, but you're right about grooming. Some of these dogs can take two or three hours and they're, the groomers are really artists. They can carve a, a beautiful dog out of a pile of hair sometimes. And, uh, 
And, and I think that they have a wonderful touch. And that's part of the presentation, of course. But really, as a judge, you've got to know what's underneath that hair because because sometimes a, a good groomer could make an, an illusion, perhaps, and make a dog look like a dog has some kind of structure that they don't really have. So that's part of the judging process. We know where all the parts are supposed to be. Um, with a dog with a bunch of coat, you have to get under there and feel that and and see that the dog is built the way that it looks to be built. And and then you have to, as a judge, you have to be able to imagine the dog doing its job because you don't get to see that happen in the ring. You just have to know that I can picture this Saluki running down its prey in an open field, or I can picture this Papillon sitting on my lap watching television or whatever it is they're bred to do. And that's not fair to a Papillon because even though they're a toy and that's what most of the toys do, Papillons are little rockets in the agility ring. We have great fun with them. They're great little athletes. I've I've been wanting to ask you about the judging because I I just I can't imagine a more daunting task than having to uh, condense close to 200 breeds into seven categories. And even honestly, from from seven categories, then also having to pick a best in show of of all of that. As as a film critic, I don't even like to use star ratings. I I like strictly the, the up or down, fresh, rotten. And I just look at that and say, where where do you begin? (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm a judge too, of course, and and where you begin is each breed has a written standard that describes what the ideal specimen of that breed should look like and what traits it should have, whether it's whether it's eye shape or eye color or body shapes and angles and how tall they should be, what color their coat might be. Sometimes that stuff sounds like it's just uh, um, you know, for decoration, but it, but the color might have something to do with it. Um, and, and as a judge, you have to judge the dog against that standard because every dog is different. Um, within the breed, sometimes you'll find yourself more likely to compare dogs to one another. But if you start the judging at the breed level in 196 different breeds and varieties, one of those dogs in the breed, let's say you have 20 West Highland White Terriers, you pick one as best of breed, and that West Highland White Terrier moves forward into the Terrier group. Seven different groups, the sporting group, the hound group, the working group, Terriers, toys, uh, non-sporting, and herding, seven different groups. So now they're judged all over again. But this is where it really comes into play, the, comparing a dog to a standard and not to another dog, the hound group. The hound group has an Irish wolfhound in it that's like 32 inches tall, and a dachshund. Well, you can't compare an Irish wolfhound to a dachshund. So you just have to say, this Irish wolfhound on a scale of 100 in my brain, because they don't all judge that way, but on a scale of 100 in my brain, I'm going to give it a 92 on my Irish wolfhound scale. And I would see this little wire-haired dachshund, and I love the wire-haired dachshund. I'm giving it a 94. So that means that the wire-haired dachshund is going to beat the Irish wolfhound uh, one-on-one, but you got to find a, a group winner in second, third, and fourth. So now... Get seven groups, seven group winners. They move forward into the best in show ring, into the finals. And and the judge hopefully will get, and, and usually does, seven wonderful specimens of the breed that they're, that they're representing. And you just have to compare again, compare them to their standard. But also at that point, it comes down to a little bit of showmanship or charisma or personality, whatever you want to call it, because they have to own the ground they stand over and they have to exude all the things and the personalities and the temperaments that they have, whether it's whether they're supposed to be a little bit wary or whether they're supposed to be engaging with you. You need to see those things and know that as well. And that's and it all comes down to personal preference. I may like this Afghan because it's got a beautiful head and somebody else may say, well, I like this other Afghan because it moves wonderfully. So it comes down to that. That's what keeps our sport alive is that we can have different winners every day in different dog shows because different people are judging different ways. Yeah, I like that. I like that kind of uh, contrast, the idea that that there are these set of guidelines that a certain breed would have to have. But then you could just bring in this dog who's maybe spunky, pretty uh, charismatic and just really uh, wins your heart over. And that, uh, you know, that's that's got to also also weigh into it, because um, if you uh, compare it to something like, uh, I don't know, diving or, or, or gymnastics, there's not really that wiggle room for. Hey, I saw the I saw the smile as they were going in the pool. Here's some more points. There you go. It is a dog show, and as an old time judge said to me, it is a dog show, and you got to show, and you got to got to show that you're 
enjoying what you're doing and that you are athletic and on top of the world. You can't be the least bit hesitant about about being out there in front of people and, and having a, a, a judge who's a stranger to you probably putting their hands on you. So um, that's all part of this show. How do you think, uh, so you've been, you've been uh, a part of uh, the National Dog Show and uh, plenty of other dog shows for, for decades now. Um, I, I think a lot of, well, I guess football would also uh, fit into this category, but uh, I think a lot about baseball too, because people always ask me, uh, how can you just sit there and watch that game day after day? It's the same thing. And it says, no, you know, you see these little subtleties that change. So I'm kind of uh, interested to hear your thoughts on sort of how, how you've seen dog shows as a whole evolve over the years, things that uh, have, uh, you know, surprised you or continue to surprise you in, in all your years as a part of this. Well, we all have our own favorite breeds. Of course, we know what they are by who lives in your kitchen with you. But um, but from a dog show standpoint, it's fun to see a great new specimen. That's you may say, "Geez, this is the best looking German Shepherd I've ever seen." Um, he's wonderful in the show ring. I like all the things about him that Standard wants him to have. I love this. I love this little Portuguese water dog too. And and it's fun to see a new a, a different breed each year come forward with uh, maybe the best of that breed that you've ever seen. And some of them may be the same. Some of them may be better. Um, and some of them may not be quite as good as, as you've seen in the past. But that's all, again, a matter of individual taste. But I think that's the fun. That's the excitement to me is watching that competition and say, you know what? I've read a lot about this dog. I've seen it a couple of other places earlier in the dog show world. And uh, it's as advertised. It is a beautiful, great show dog. And, and let's see how far it can go today. Are there certain breed, you know, with uh, with football, there are uh, teams that maybe spend a couple of years uh, doing pretty poorly uh, last place, and then all of a sudden they sort of uh, rebuild and uh, come back. Have you seen certain breeds? I know it's it's kind of difficult because they're not really uh, uh, collective teams. There, they're just uh, you know uh, uh, dogs that that make it into the competition. But have you seen a breed that you had maybe? Uh, written off or or that hadn't placed particularly well uh well in, in a category of close to 200 breeds but have you seen one that that really uh has has surprised you over the past 10 years or so that's kind of made uh, a comeback of sorts well every so often you know we get new breeds and suddenly they become right, popular yes. for a reason and you know like the havanese but in terms of being a dog that hasn't done much for a while and all of a sudden maybe there's that one great little dog of whatever breed you want it to be a miniature pincher and you say you know what i've never i've never really gotten excited about miniature pinchers before but this dog is great he's beautiful in the ring he moves well he's trained wonderfully he's got a great handler making uh, him do all the right things at the right time and and maybe there's maybe i can i can step up my feelings about that breed and it happens quite often that you know, there are breeds out there, 196 different breeds and varieties at our dog shows, 205 of them that are eligible. But some of these breeds we hardly ever see anyway. But but it's fun to see them when they suddenly there's a nice one. Now, the, the purpose of a dog show is basically, has always been, to identify superior breeding stock, to move forward and create the next healthy, happy generation. And so if you see a great dog in the show ring, now he's probably going to breed some litters. He's probably going to sire some litters out there and, and bring the next generation in that hopefully will be as good as him or her or better. And, and then uh, they can keep being exciting at, at the same time that they're continuing in the show ring. So, yeah, I, I, we like to see them get better every year. I can't help but sort of root for the, the pinchers and the other uh, uh, dogs in the toy, toy group. When when you look and they have to go up against uh, you know the Dauchins and the other uh, the big uh, the big ones in the the working group because uh, it's just it almost it it looks like on the screen you're sitting there it's almost like it's a a, a David versus Goliath uh, situation even though I mean they're they're rated on the basically the same category but you can't help but uh, feel like the the little small ones uh, win over your heart a little bit. It can be. And I, I like this. A lot of those toys, they really are. There's a big dog inside of that little package somewhere because they, they have a Napoleonic complex, a lot of them, that uh -huh. 
this is my world and, and uh, I'm in charge. So what are you doing in here? You're taking up a lot of space. You know, get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to keep my humans to myself and, uh, and chase you away. So, um, yeah, I love the idea that all these dogs think they're in charge. And, and uh, it's fun to have them. It's fun to have them doing their thing in that regard. Well, it gives an extra layer of of competition too. Like, I mean, this this dog show is is for for people, a human audience, in many ways. But uh, there's nothing better than just seeing a dog that's having the time of its life in there. That really, especially on Thanksgiving, it really really warms warms your heart to see everybody uh, enjoying themselves. Including it seems the like we ought to have a special scoring category for the dogs that ha- that are having the most fun. You know, like Miss Congeniality in the USA content. <laughs> effort that that uh, that dog put on a great show for us and it was fun so what we'll do we'll make sure that we get that dog onto tv so that people can see how much fun it was really having and and um and, and we'll share it with the world that way and i love you just the popularity of the dog show has uh really in a lot of ways open open doors for uh people to to stay connected uh with the world and i, I think that's really one of the benefits i always love when a good um story of, of of social media bringing bringing people together pops up and I, I imagine that part of part of how part of what's led to your show's sustained popularity in this digital age is that people are are able to find find sort of a, a a tribe of people who uh you know maybe if if your your community doesn't have that many dog lovers but you can log on to Twitter and somebody who also knows the judging criteria can uh, engage with you and that that really opens up a lot of doors for people. Well, I've really gotten in very involved in therapy dogs and, and, and the basis, the whole basis for therapy dogs is very simple. Anytime you interact with a dog, you feel better. And we know the science behind it. We know it's because it lowers your blood pressure, it lowers your heart rate, lowers your respiratory rate. It increases the flow of the good hormones in your body. And, 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 and that's what it's about. And that can happen over the television as well. And if you see a dog and it makes you feel good and you smile, you're going to feel a little better, maybe just for the moment. But, you know, some of these dogs and some of these people are just living their lives in the moment. And and as therapy dogs, we've been able to promote therapy dogs through the dog show as well. Um, my charity called Angel on a Leash. And uh, we have a therapy dog uh, ambassador team for the National Dog Show as well that, that visits the Ronald McDonald House in Philadelphia and a number of other places. And... Uh, and we just generally help people in their healing process, whether it's just a smile or talk when they haven't had much to talk about or just feel better about whatever challenges they're facing. And that's that's part of what we hope the television gives you in, in its simplest terms for the dog show. You see a dog on there and you smile and you talk and you get involved with other people that maybe you've just kind of sat off in the corner, um, you know, eating your pre Thanksgiving dinner um somewhere this way everybody gets involved and and that's what we like to see well it also combines uh i know i've read articles that kind of question the science of it the exact exact science of it but um uh i know a lot of people feel that there's a, an endorphin rush that comes from uh the massive helping of turkey on thanksgiving <laughs> and you you combine that with the dog show and maybe some apple pie with some ice cream on top i mean that's really that's a powerful in a lot of ways, you're boosting Thanksgiving to a. Uh, uh, some people feel that uh, Thanksgiving can get kind of skipped over in the the Halloween to Christmas uh, transition, and uh, I think you guys are really doing a great service to Thanksgiving in in giving it another just just uh, shot of shot of endorphins there. Thank you. We we feel good about it. I mean, John and I are always laughing and smiling all through it, and Mary and uh, and we love bringing it to everybody because we're having fun too. And, and to have somebody like Mary working in the back and, and sitting beside uh, Mr. Peterman himself in the booth, um, my God, I'm spending my whole day laughing and, and, uh, and smiling at the dogs and laughing at John and Mary and laughing with John and Mary. And, and uh, it makes it great fun for me, and I hope it's great fun for everybody watching at home. I'm glad you brought up uh, Jay Peterman because um... – my family, Thanksgiving is one of our huge holidays. We have a couple of really uh, assorted uh, Robert Burns Night, the Scottish Scottish poet. That's another big uh, holiday that we care about. And uh, Canada Day. 
But then the, the, the fourth one, in addition to Thanksgiving, is not Christmas, but the event that comes two days before it, which uh, John O'Hurley is, is, will be forever linked to uh, as Jay Peterman. That would be Festivus, which is uh, a, ho- a holiday that's really kind, kind of the polar opposite of Thanksgiving. But uh, we we have our we have our Festivus dinner, and I, I I think about Festivus and and what you guys have done with the dog show a lot, and kind of in tandem at, at kind of opposite poles because you found a way to make a new tradition that really enhances a holiday, and um, Festivus is it, it kind of brings Christmas back back to reality in a maybe maybe a needed way. But I, I always love looking at the the airing of grievances, but. But I, I always smile during that stretch because it, it, it shows that, you know, for all the for all the great pumpkin Charlie Browns we have, uh, we as a country are, are, are still finding new ways to include things into our uh, our own sort of broader traditions that we can share across uh, uh, not, not just ourselves, but uh, the broader American community. There you go. Festivus for the rest of us. And uh, and it's fun with John. I mean, he'll sometimes he'll say something and and. I may not be looking at him at exactly that moment, but he'll say something and I'll say, that wasn't John. That was, oh, pre- that was Peterman. <laughs> Where's Jerry? Where's Elaine? Where's Kramer? Where's George? Where are all these people? Because I feel like I'm in the middle of a, of a uh, Seinfeld st- set. And I actually met the real Jay Peterman because John, uh, after the show was over, John bought his company and John's a co-owner of, of the Jay Peterman catalog and company now with the real Jay Peterman. And we actually went to lunch with John and Jay Peterman. We're walking down the street after lunch and some guy in a cab sticks his head out and says, Hey, Peterman. And he was yelling at John because he's the recognizable one. But the other Jay Peter, the other Peterman waved at the guy too. So um, it's, it's uh, amazing. I, I laugh with John and say, you know, you were on this little, this little show Seinfeld for four or five years said, I'm glad I was able to get you here to the dog show and make you a star. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he's he is a great talent uh very funny of course and bright and brilliant he's learned a lot about dogs he knows his dogs and uh and with yeah. mary mary was with me at westminster for a, a lot of years and uh so it's good to have her with as well and we think that among the three of us um we can do a, a good job of getting some messages out and and sharing with people the joy of this great celebration of dogs that we have on Thanksgiving Day, even if it's at a dog show or it could be in a park. We could be doing it anywhere, but it makes people smile. It makes people think about including their dog in all the things they do instead of saying, uh, who's going to who's going to put the dog in the garage or who's going to put the dog in its crate? Because we got to, yeah. you know, take the dog with you. Take the dog with you and have the dog with you all the time. Well, I, I think your broadcasting team is really just a, a crucial part of the success because it really it really does. You guys all look like you're I, it's great to hear that you guys are uh, good friends out outside of the broadcast because that, that does kind of it does radiate into the way that you uh, uh, interact on the air. You can tell that, like, you know, Thanksgiving is a family holiday and it's nice to see people who are, are really happy to be there. I know that maybe uh, if, if you flick on the 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 news you kind of feel bad for the anchor who's got to work on the holiday and uh you know maybe they look like they don't want to be there you guys look like you're having the time of your life we we are having great fun and it starts early and and uh we do things over the course of time and uh when it's all over we say well we'll see you in march in beverly hills and uh it's kind of like having a little family reunion along the way uh at the next dog show so uh, for us, it's the National Dog Show on Thanksgiving Day and and uh, the Beverly Hills Dog Show on uh, in April. It was on Easter. It's not anymore. It's on the first Sunday in April and presented by Purina, of course. They're letting us do all these great things. And, and uh, thanks to NBC for finding us a great time slot. I mean, how could we have had a better time slot than being right after the Macy's Parade? And... Uh, and that's, you know, I think that's a factor of our success. And we're, we're hopefully building the same thing for Beverly Hills. And it, it, it gives us a chance to emphasize the family part of being involved with a dog. So there we are. Very excited uh, that the Beverly Hills uh, dog shows in March. I haven't, uh, it's, we get so many 
so many events in uh, in Southern California. I'll have to get tickets to that because uh, I go to Beverly Hills a fair amount. That seems like a really great opportunity to uh, see you guys live because it's just it, you see it on you see it on TV and it's the two hour broadcast and you feel like oh there's just so much I want to see. It's like uh, like perfect for one of those uh, iPad apps where you can just kind of look wherever or when NBC does the Olympics and they have the fifteen. 15 different events on you're just really uh wondering how much is 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 going on during the event and uh i I gotta imagine there's really uh nothing better than seeing it live come see us when uh when i had to make a choice between staying at westminster or coming to nbc staying with nbc um i said uh, to nbc i said i'll come with you if you let me get a west coast dog show a left coast dog show as i called it that uh, we have three big dog shows on television every year, Westminster, the AKC show, and Philadelphia on the East Coast. We need a West Coast thing because we've got a lot of great show dogs out there in California and along the, uh, along the way. And uh, they said, let's do it. And so they've let us build this dog show in Beverly Hills, and, and we're continuing to do it all the time. So, yeah, we have a great time there. It's a typical Beverly Hills red carpet sort of event, and we have great fun with it. But Ian make sure you're in touch with me and I'll make sure you get a, uh, you can come see us with a, with a VIP pass and we'll give you the tour. Well, I, I certainly really appreciate that. I wanted to make sure I got in uh, a question that ended up being the, the, I was asking some of my audience, uh, what, what, uh, would be a good, uh, topic to ask you. And the most requested one was on a breed that's not listed. And that's the golden doodle, which, uh, people ask me, uh, what, what what's the what's the stance on uh, the golden doodle in the national dog show, which I guess is a mixed breed, so it would be uh, excluded. But um, it, it seems to have a lot of fans. Well, you know, I've never met a golden doodle that didn't have the greatest temperament and personality. Um, they seem to be wonderful dogs. See them all the time. How do you not? But but um, that said, they they are not a purebred dog because in in the basic sense, you're breeding a poodle to a golden to get a golden doodle. Now. What, what has to happen. And we don't decide this. We don't decide this at, at Kennel Club of Philadelphia, the National Dog Show, or at Beverly Hills. The AKC, uh, we are member clubs of the AKC, and they say, here are the breeds that are eligible for this show, for your show, for any show. And, and Golden Doodle is not recognized yet. It could be. We have a few new breeds recognized every year. And there are a few breeds in there that started out years ago as one one specific breed bred to another specific breed to get trying to combine all those traits. But as long as it, it, that's the thing about golden doodles, they all look different. They are, some of them are uh, big, a different right. coat. Some of them are this or that. And for them to be in a dog show where we have to judge them against a standard that describes the ideal specimen of that breed. If you don't know what the coat's going to look like, how are you going to say in the standard, look for this kind of coat? Or if you don't know how big it's supposed to be, and, and some of these golden doodles are 20 inches tall, and some of them are 28 inches tall, and some of them are weigh this much, and are, are this, there's no way to judge them. So it'll be tough to do that. It has to, what has to happen, and I'm trying, not trying to coach anybody, but we got to, you can't just keep breeding goldens to poodles to get golden doodles. You got to right. be, be breeding golden doodles to golden doodles and fix those traits so that it's consistent. And that's what purebred dogs are all about, is that predictability. Uh, We talk about preservation breeders and preserving the breeds as we know them and love them, what they were originally bred to do, whether they actually do those things anymore or not. But what we want to preserve that. And so um, if if we're going to eventually recognize golden doodles in the AKC, you've got to you're going to have to, people are going to have to make sure they all look alike when they come out. And that may take some of the fun out of it. I don't know, but, um, uh, golden doodles are a whole different deal, but I will say they're wonderful dogs with personalities and temperaments. Let's, let's start making them look the same. So we know with that purebred, that predictability that I know when I buy this little two pound ball of fluff, that if it's a Pomeranian, it's going to grow to be a six pound ball of fluff. If it's an Akita that looks a little bit like a Pomeranian at two pounds, it's going to grow up to be an 80-pound serious dog. And, and if you're trying to buy a dog as a puppy and you want to know how it's going to grow, it's going to be a puppy for a year, and then you're going to have it for 10, 12, 15 years after that. If you're not ready to deal with it at 10, 12, 15 years when it's a different size and a different temperament, 
and you don't know anything about the predictability because you don't know what genes are in there, then you're going to have problems with it. And those are dogs that end up in shelters. And we don't want that to happen. We want every dog to have a home and we're going to keep fighting for that uh, with everything we do and trying to educate people about responsible ownership and taking care of your dogs and, and knowing what you're getting into when you buy a dog. That's my mystery for the day. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is that by the time the National Dog Show is a tradition uh, at, at, with a legacy like the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, maybe Golden Doodles will have sort of normalized enough that that could uh, possibly be on the table. That could well be. It's up to <laughs> people other than us, but uh, I love them all. They're, they're great fun to be around. I I just wanted to uh, sort of as we wrap this up, uh, just hear a little bit more about about your charity because uh, when you mentioned it, I started thinking just really how important that was. I just spent um, really half of uh, October in the hospital, and my recovery was 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 mostly fine. But there were these days where I was just just naturally just sick of the monotony, sick of the cable TV that didn't have a DVR or Netflix, and. Uh, really kind of felt that my uh, my spirits were a little down and having a dog in there just doing the rounds or stuff, even for a couple of moments. I mean, I just keep thinking to myself, you know, they can try and uh, throw as many painkillers at me as they want. But I, I think that's really uh, I really think there's something to that. I think that's really important work. We're trying to bring it back, bringing you back to normalcy when you're in the hospital that, you know, maybe you miss your dog at home, but maybe it's just a sense of relief getting away from the people who are poking and prodding you with whatever and, uh, and get you to smile. I mean, maybe I haven't had much to smile about. My dogs and I visited the Ronald McDonald house in New York all the time when we lived there for 15 years. And, 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 uh, Bill Sullivan, who was the CEO at the Ronald McDonald house would always say, if you get a kid to smile, they're kids, these are cancer kids at the Ronald McDonald house in New York. You get the kid to smile, you get the parents to smile. And that is a big step in taking care of these kids and getting them back. So we get them to smile. That's the first step. We get them to talk. And maybe they haven't had much to talk about for a while. And now we get them to talk. We get them to interact with the dog. Um, we get them to think about something other than their problems and their challenges. We get them with seniors. We'll get seniors to think about, give them some moment of lucidity and think about dogs they used to have. I visited a guy one time that uh, that the administrator of, of the of the home said, don't expect much from this guy because he's mad and he never talks to anybody. We walked in there with a dog and he just lit up and started talking. Turns out he used to have a Brittany. So now he's acting like this is his dog. He says, you'll take care of my dog for me, won't you? And I said, yes, I will. And you do those kinds of things every day. And it's just for a moment for somebody. But you know what? They're living their lives in the moment, as I said earlier. And and our dogs always live their lives in the moments. They're spontaneous. They're unconditional loving and and all those things that make them so great at that. And, and that was the basis for my charity, Angel on a Leash, that uh, provided, created and provided dogs for therapy dog programs all over. My dogs were the first dogs ever allowed in the famed Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York. And uh, we created a program there that now is all over the hospital. But there are therapy dogs all over this country with a lot of great organizations doing that. We're even doing a, a, a symposium on the uh, um, after the dog show and uh, or right before the dog show, sorry, and then uh, about therapy dogs and and that's going to be a, a well attended event. We're getting lots of response and and we talk about our therapy dogs and the great things they do every day. That's just so great to hear. We'll be sure to include a a link to your charity in the the episode description for people who uh, want to learn more. Because I imagine there's a lot of people who who watch the show and uh they want to stay engaged it's a perfect uh sort of a tentpole for the for for dog shows across the uh world to to come and then to you know it's it's a kind of like a uh, where do we go from here kind of moment so i think that's just uh it's important work and it's 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 great to i i think it just it opens so many so many doors uh we, we we've talked about uh in the past, just uh, m mental health on this show and all that. And just, just the sight of a dog is really something that can really, really just improve somebody's day who may just have been uh, down in the dump. So, um, yeah, our dogs change people's lives. My dogs have changed my life, but they also have changed other people's lives. And I hear from them all the time saying, you visited me three years ago when I was in the hospital and, 
and uh, and it just it never stops. I think they they do such great things for people, and that's we tell people, you know what, you know how good your dog makes you feel. Let's share that. Make yourself into a therapy dog team and start visiting people in need and see what you guys can do together. That's uh, yeah, I, I agree completely. And it, you, it's just it it really hits home about how uh, God, you you really do have one of the the best jobs I could possibly think of. You get to bring so many uh, so much joy into. Uh, into people's days and uh, on, on Thanksgiving of all days, which really can be, um, especially in the, the LGBTQ community, there's a lot of people who uh, get cast out from their uh, family's festivities just because of who they are. And it, it's, it's sad to hear, but uh, on the flip side, people make new traditions and the rise of, um, I know, especially as a millennial, there's been this rise of uh, Friendsgiving you know, people who can't travel or, or just kind of want to stay in their area. We're all so spread out now and to be able to take something like the, the national dog show and in, include it in, in your tradition. I mean, it's really, it's, uh, it, it, it's such an inspiring story and it's, especially, you know, no, uh, no football until two, you've got dog, dogs until two. <laughs> well, that's, you know, dogs are inclusive. They don't look at anything other than, than somebody, giving them a pet or, or a hug or handing them a treat or interacting with them, talking to them and uh, nothing else matters with dogs. And that's the way it should be with the people too. And I think we find that that happens to us when we're visiting with our dogs, we learn so much about ourselves and we learn so much about the rest of the world out there that maybe we've never seen before, but um, you know, get a therapy dog and start visiting people that need your help. And believe me, it'll change your life. Uh, so as we as we wrap up, I just wanted to to look. Um, th- Thanksgiving really, it's it's astonishing how quickly it looks like it's coming up. Uh, but uh, you know, it feels like 2019 has really flown by. Um, what can we look forward to for uh, this uh, uh, upcoming show? Well, we've got over 2,000 entries for one thing, 196 different breeds and varieties. So you get to see all of that. We have one new breed this year, an Ozawak, which is a uh, a sight hound, a Western African. Um, sighthound, and uh, this is their first year of recognition. We've actually got five of them entered, so that'll be fun. But um, same competition as always, different dogs and different looks. And uh, we've got a number of, of our great dogs across the country are coming in for the dog show. But um, you can go to our website, nationaldogshow.com. It'll give you all the information about the broadcast and, and the dog show itself. So, um, we want people to, to come and look at your dog and smile. And then when the show's over, uh, reach over and hug your dog because the dog sitting next to you on the couch is the real best in show dog for you anyway. So uh, thank them for letting you be on the end of their leash and thank us for bringing you all these great things on the dog show. Well, David, it's been uh, just such a, such a pleasure to, uh, to talk with you. And I, I would also just like to suggest to our listeners, um, NBC Sports does a really great job of uh, showing a, a lot of videos from uh, they have a lot of videos from last year's dog show and I imagine some past dog shows. So if you're looking to get if uh, listening to this episode has made you uh, super, super hyped for Thanksgiving, you can uh, really channel some of that energy through uh, uh, past past competitions. And I'm sure that'll put you uh, in the festive spirit for uh, this upcoming show. But David, uh it, it, it's been such, such a pleasure. I really, this is a, this is a tradition that's so near and dear to my family. My parents, my mother actually was really the one who got us all started. She would, uh, I think probably instinctively run to the TV to make sure nobody tried to put football on. And she'd turn, she'd turn the, we'd get home and we'd, uh, we'd put the dog show on and it just, it, it gradually over the years became something that, uh, we really looked forward to. And we made sure that we've, uh, never miss. So getting the chance to talk to you and uh, hear more about uh, your work, your charity work and uh, the show itself. It's been, it's been just such a pleasure. Thank you, Ian. The pleasure has been mine and thank your mom for, for getting you on the right path when you were younger. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly be able to do that. And I, I really uh, look forward to, to getting to watch with my golden retriever. Hopefully this will be the year we get a best in show. We've been, uh, we've been hoping for that uh, every year. But uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully this will be the year of the golden. Let's keep working on that. I hope that's <laughs> right. Because uh, that's the question I get all the time. How come goldens never win? Or how come the labs never win? You know, one of these years it's going to happen. And we're going to have another Uno on our hands. We're going to go places and do things. 
just from from my understanding of of uh how much my dog loves she she's not even really like uh she really doesn't like the uh to hang out with other dog one of my friends actually have has a, had a golden who was her half sibling and they just never really connected because she's just so obsessed with people and she's really uh she's kind of a prima donna she won't lay her head on the floor she always needs one of her stuffed animals and she just loves that so uh, i'm sure she's she's looking forward to it as well sounds like a good dog god bless them all <laughs> well Thank you again, David, for uh, coming on. It's been been such a pleasure. And to uh, the audience, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. 